Amen. Shall we bow for prayer? Our King and our God, to you be all honor, all glory, all adoration. From, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. None can be compared to you. You are the morning star. You are the glorious I am. You have no classmates. You are creator God. All others are creatures. Even as we prayed earlier, we bless you that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are present with us. And so we celebrate your presence with us. And to your presence, darkness and light cannot coexist. And therefore, as a servant of Jesus, I demand that every unclean spirit that wants to interfere with this church service, and especially this preaching of the word, season, time, to charge them to pack back and baggage, to go out of this place, I hand them over to the Lord Jesus Christ to deal with them. Instead, I pray, oh God, that you will release your company of holy angels to sit by us one by one and minister the graces of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit unto us. Have your own way, O oh God. And may Jesus Christ be praised and honored in Jesus' name. And so, oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto the O Lord our strength and our Redeemer through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the people of God say, Amen. Friends, the topic assigned to me is prayer the way the early church saw it. And from your program, I realized that in the month of November, and indeed 10th, the last two Sundays, the Reverend Dr. Fred Degbe has been speaking on pray for laborers into the mission field, and does God have a plan for each person? Becoming brighter faith, planning, and prayer is a theme for the quarter. And today, we are looking at prayer the way the early church saw it. What we want to concentrate on in our discussion is this. Our church should be effective in intercessory prayer. As individuals, we should be effective in intercessory prayer as individual Christians. In Ezekiel, God says, I am looking for a man. Not men, not women, not plenty. A man. Just even one who will be faithful and stand in the gap. Then I will change the history and the destiny of my people. Even as that person, that individual cries to me on behalf of my people. Will you be that person? Will you be that woman? Will you be that man? God is looking for spiritual change agents. God is looking for spiritual change congregations. Congregations that are able to promote change, transformation, renewal. Please turn with me to the Acts of Apostles, chapter 12. We'll be reading at verse 1 to 5. The Bible passage for today is Acts chapter 12, 1 to 18, 1 to 17. About that time, Herod the king. I'm at chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Herod the king 
laid foul in hands on some of some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four scores of soldiers to guard him. Intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayers for him was made to God by the church. Amen. My summon text is Acts of Apostles chapter 12 and verse 5. Peter was put in prison. An earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Amen. Peter was put in prison. An earnest prayer for him was made to God. Earnest intercessory prayer for him was made to God by the church. A church. So we continue our discussions under three distinct. A church in crisis turns to prayer. Number one. A church in crisis turns to prayer. Number two. How the Lord brought Peter out of the prison. Number three. Peter gives testimony of divine intervention to the praying church. Finally, the word of God remains unfettered and spreads rapidly. Amen. First then, a church in crisis turns to prayer. The story to this passage tells the story that many know of the imprisonment of Peter in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was in crisis. Our story must be put in context. From verse 1, we see that the apostle James was arrested and killed. He will be the first among the 11, nay, 12 apostles to die as a martyr. And it was Herod the king who began to severely persecute the church. Some believers who belong to the church. This king Agrippa the first, the king referred to in this text is king Agrippa the first. He was the grandson of Herod the great. And he was nephew to Herod Antipas. You remember? Herod Antipas was the one who beheaded John the Baptist. Not a very, not a very, you know, nice family history concerning God's anointed people and their relationship with them. So Agrippa, Herod Agrippa, during the biggest religious festival of the Jews in Jerusalem, arrested James, killed him. 
And when he saw that the against people, the Jews, who were against the people of the way, the true genuine believers who held on to Christ were happy with what he did, he went ahead and he picked up Peter. Next, Peter is arrested, picked up, and put in prison. What will happen to Peter? Note, Peter's prison experiences. This is not the first time Peter has been incarcerated. This is not the first time Peter has been put in what? In prison. Two previous times he experienced prison. In Acts 4, 3, Acts chapter 4 and verse 3, we read, and they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. They were in the temple, and as they were speaking to the people, the Sadducees came upon them furious and arrested them and put them in prison, counterback, and put them in prison because it was late. Then in Acts chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, we read how the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy against Peter and the apostles. So, verse 18, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. Verse 19, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go on ahead and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of the life or of this life or of the eternal life. Amen. Now, those were two previous prison experiences of Peter. Our story today is located in that context. And our story today, even though Peter has had experiences of prison taste, this was different. This third one was different. This third arrest and prison experience is different. There are three closest pals who are the inner circle of Jesus. Peter, James, and John. Of the twelve who are the closest friends of Jesus, Three of them were even closer. Three of them were in the inner circle. They will go with him to the Transfiguration Mountain. They saw and experienced much more awesome and wonderful purposes of God in the life of Yeshua, the son of the living God. There were three. Peter, James, and John. Now Peter's close pal, James, has been picked up and killed by Herod. And Herod now next picks him up. And because of the festival, quite you know, 
is beating time and keeps him in the prison. How will you feel if you were in the shoes of Peter? My closest pal is God. If he could do that to James, where is our God in whom we trust? Lord, was it not you who commanded us? You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you, my apostles, will be my witnesses in, my, in Jerusalem, in this very city, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the ends of the world. Wasn't that your last words to us before the clouds took you beyond our sight? And you are ascending in heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. James Peter's close power was picked up and killed. Next, he was also picked up. What a weekend of festival. And so, the church in Jerusalem is in crisis during this Passover. The church is in crisis. At this Passover. Friends, listen. Their first response in this crisis is to turn to prayer. Turn to somebody and say, whatever the situation, turn to prayer first. They resort to earnest intercessory prayer. And that is where we took our text from. Peter was put in prison. But earnest prayer for him was raised to God by the church. The power of corporate prayer. The power of corporate intercessory prayer can change situations. Can change the history of individuals. A church indeed nations. So they resort to intercessory prayer. But the big question is, will God intervene? What happened to James? And now that they have picked up Peter, will he survive? Will God intervene? We go on to discuss this practical question. Will God intervene? But let the first lesson never be lost on us. In whatever very challenging, very difficult situation, trial, in your personal life, in my personal life, in the life of the church, Prayer must be our first response rather than our last resort. You will see somewhere going around and see on the trotro, try prayer. After everything else, what? Try prayer. Wrong theology. <laughs> prayer must be our first response. Rather than our last resort. 
Hello? Say it after me. Prayer must be our first response. Rather than our last resort. Amen. The reason we do not do that is because because of the smallness of our God as individual Christians and as a church. When you are in difficulty, who in this Calvary Baptist Church has been picked? The first telephone call is recorded to uh, Pastor what? Senior Pastor Fred Degbert. The resident Pastor Kinsley Kwesi. Who knows the IGP? Who who is the closest uh, member to the IGP family? We need to pick this guy up out, out of this place. Now, I mean, but what do we do? And Meg worships at that place. He, he, he can just pick a phone call. Anyway, even the housemaid of Rana Akufuado, one of them, one of the housekeepers, worships at uh, Calvary. All those may be helpful. But the most important and the most essential and the most helpful one is, the, is, is, is having God on your side. Hallelujah. And so the psalmist in Psalm 91 said, because I dwell in the secret place of you, the most high God. And I am in a relationship with the almighty God. The one who knows everything and all things. And he has power to deal with what he knows. The God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God and the Father of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and my God. And so I'm in the greatest place of safety. Do you have that faith? Is that the God you to worship? The God the psalmist worships in Psalm 91, verse 1 to 5. Is that the God you worship? Your God is too small, probably. Church, what God do you worship? What God do you worship? If you know him and know him as a supreme and all-sufficient one, Dan, he is the first person I turn to. Where is your God? What God do you worship? Will God intervene? Prayer must be our first response. Rather than our last resort. Indeed, that was the way the early church saw prayer. That was the way the earliest church saw their God. The supreme one, the sufficient one. The first point of call and the last point of call. Is he to you? The first point of call. Is he to you? The last point of call. May God give you grace. May grace from heaven locate you. That as we close the year, you will fall at the feet of this awesome God. And you will say, I am undone until I come to know you and know you and know you. And come to believe and trust that you are the supreme and the sufficient one. And you must always and at all times be my first point of call and my last point of call. All other ground is sinking sand. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you submission. Embrace to this loving God.
to this supreme God. Amen. Oh. Amen. Oh. Let's go on next. <laughs> this is no joke matter. It was no joke matter at all. No joke matter at all. Ah. Within that weekend, the senior pastor Akura was sleepless. <laughs> Various members of the what? Uh, 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 what? Calvary Baptist Church, she fooled. As it were. We're guarded, raising prayer, crying, and oh, oh God. <laughs> no, 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 this is. But will God intervene? Will He? Next, number two, how the Lord brought Peter out of the prison. How the Lord intervened. In the crisis the church in Jerusalem faced. Turn with me to Acts 12. We read verse 6 to 11. And now, when Herod was about to bring Peter out and, and possibly Finish him too. That very night. Peter was sleeping. Between two soldiers. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with two chains. And sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold... An angel of the Lord stood next to Peter. And a light shone in the cell. The angel struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. He did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. And the gate opened on its own accord. <laughs> Tutubra. <laughs> power past power. Hallelujah. And they went out and joined the next street outside the prison. And immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to his senses, he said, Now I am sure. Now I am what? Sure. That the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod. And from all that the Jewish leaders were expecting. Their negative and treacherous plans against my life has not succeeded. Amen. A few points there. I listed a number of things in that text. 
But as I see the time, <laughs> I must move on quickly. <laughs> the church was in crisis. But the church has raised intercessory prayer in various homes or shepherd fold centers. Perhaps chain prayer all night, all day chain prayer, 24 hour chain prayer because it was a severe crisis. But the very night Herod decided that the following day I will bring this man out and finish him. The supreme one. The Alpha and the Omega the one who closes and there is none to open. And the one who opens and there is none to close. Blew the whistle. And said I am the chief umpire in the game of life. And so he commissioned his angel to go inside the prison. Let's see what has happened. Let's see what happens. That very night, Peter was sleeping. Between what? This was a very important, you know, uh, prisoner. <laughs> this was a very important, he must not break jail. <laughs> this was a very important prisoner. So, 16 guards of four each were assigned to him according to the scriptures. There were four in the four guards, the four teams of guards, each team comprised four soldiers. This time around, his the the the, the, the chain, the, the chains were on on his, on his legs, and there was one soldier here, one soldier here. But look at the scripture. What, what was happening to Peter? Friends, what was happening to Peter? He was what? Ah, he was asleep. Peter was asleep. In such a terrible and devious crisis, the threat of death will not deter Peter. He knew and knew and knew that his Lord and Savior has overcome death and promised that when he shall come back also, he, Peter, will also have triumph over death. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. At the point, the apostle Paul was confused as to what he would choose. Whether he would choose to die or whether he would choose to live. Because he understood life. He understood death as the portal into heaven. What is it in your situation that makes you crack your bread and you are almost about to lose your head, your sanity? And instead of losing his sanity and becoming anxious and having a sleepless night in the prison, poor Peter was fast asleep. So deeply asleep. Eh? Oh! So deeply asleep. Senior pastor. Wow! You were so deeply asleep. The angel had to shake him out, my friend. <laughs> you see, you see how even, even my little shake on the senior pastor, you see how they are crying and protecting him. How much was the Jerusalem church concerning Peter? <laughs> fast asleep. So deeply asleep. The angel had to say, my friend, come on, get out of here. Bible says the angel struck him. Oh, and then 
Peter, I, you know, when you read the story, you realize that Peter has not even woken up from the sleep properly. <laughs> he was so deeply asleep. When you read the rest of the story, Peter was not fully awake. Then the angel said, my friend, come on, dress yourself up. You know, in prison you are stripped of all your dresses. Come on, dress up. Now put on the, the final, put that belt on, put on the final tonic. Out of here, out of here. Come, follow me. Follow, follow me. Follow me. Hallelujah. He had responded to an earlier follow me of Jesus. And in prison he will now respond to another follow me of Jesus through the lips of the angel. Oh, King of glory, God of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who will you follow? Let me cut it. The second part. The end of it. Matter finish. All the prison obstructions that God and distance in the eyes of God became nothingness. No impact, no effect upon Peter. When you are in the hands of the Lord, the features and the articles, the powers and the pronouncements upon your life become meaningless and ineffectual. The declarations, legal and non-legal, kingly and non-kingly, when they are not righteous, have no effect upon you. Hallelujah. So he comes to what? Out. Oh, then in the street. Ha, the last door, the last gate. When the angel was uh, listening, I mean, uh, hey, look. Can't you see? I mean, gate, can't you see that I'm walking with uh, what? An anoint, a truly anointed man of God. Then the gate just opened on itself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey! And they entered the street. Now, then the angel vanished. He has finished his work. There is divine sovereignty and the initiative of God. There is personal responsibility. The two must go hand in hand. The angel didn't, you know, force Peter to follow him. He must obey the command if he will see relief. Hallelujah. And at the street now, Peter is left. Eh? Were the streets in Jerusalem? Uh, senior pastor, were the streets in Jerusalem numbered at that time? Labeled at that time? I don't know. So, <laughs> he didn't recognize which street he was on. And if he, he aimed straight to the house of what? Mary. Mary. Then he went in there. That's the next point. He went in there and said, This was Christ's time for the believers in Jerusalem. No knocking of door of soldiers of, of police will be tolerated. Because then they are not only coming to pick, they have already picked Peter. Who else are they coming to pick? And then come and see, there was a knock on the door where the people were guarded praying. The chain prayer was going on. On behalf of Peter still. And the knock came. <laughs> poor housemates, poor young people. My nephew, when I asked you to open the door, you <laughs> 
So he said, Rather go and see. Meanwhile, footnote. I said, I have so many things here, but we have to go. Even house helps. And servants in the home might be righteous ones who are in tune with God. Rhoda was in tune with God and knew the men of God and the people of God. Even their voices. So Rhoda came to the door to respond to the call and to open the gate. To open the door. In excitement, when he heard the voice of Peter, she ran away. <laughs> then she went back inside. To who? The unbelieving believers. <laughs> God forbid. Oh Lord, I am among them all. Have mercy. Have mercy. If every time I will function not as an unbelieving believer, I will, the, the, the height in spirituality and in the godliness of God I will reach, you cannot fathom. Ah! Give me five. Oh, one of my. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he met these unbelieving believers. I said, Rhoda, Jawasam, Jawasam, Jabonin, Jawasam. Our hearts are breaking here, our hearts are bleeding here. Then you come and tell us stories. Rhoda said, I am sure it's nothing but the voice of this. It is this anointed, this man of God. How can I, how can I not recognize uh, Senior Pastor Fred, 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 Fred Digby's voice? How can I rec not recognize that, his voice? Finally, to cut a long matter short, they went and opened the door. The last point in that session. Peter entered. The jubilation was about to happen. What did he say? Quiet. Let's give all the glory to God. Tell somebody, quiet. Let's give all the glory to God. Let's give all the glory to God. Then he did one last thing with that church. He gave them a testimony. They overcame by what? And by their testimonies. So he gave to the members there, the church members who were in prayer, an earnest prayer for him, his testimony. Friends, let me wrap up. At this point, you must make this very important remark. Verse 2 sets the stage. Looking at the, the, the mystery of God's relationship with each and every single one of us here. The mystery of how God deals with each one of us. There were three pals. James, Peter, James, and what? And John. And Herod picks John, uh, James, and kills him. The church was devastated. Next, he comes for the uh, leader of the team. Peter, what will happen to him? God's sovereign purpose is carried out in our lives of his two equally dedicated servants and inner circle members with Jesus. James is killed by the sword while Peter has divine intervention and is released from prison. Will God intervene? Why James dies and Peter experiences 
divine intervention, only God can perfectly explain in the other side of eternity. But what stands out very clear in this chapter is that the love of God and the plan of God to redeem Jews and Gentiles and people groups of all nations cannot be stopped. God will not allow Herod to persecute and to crush and stop the ministry of disciple making and discipleship in the church. No! In the context of this, just before this, a short while before this chapter, you will see that Peter goes away from Jerusalem and for the first time, the gospel is sent to the Gentiles. And they too came to receive the Holy Spirit. So the gear of, you know, of worldwide evangelization to the ends of the earth, the gear, the driving gear has been changed into a different level, into a greater speed than Herod decided he will strike. Will God allow Herod to have his way fully? No. God would not allow Herod to have his way fully. Look at verse. Then from uh, let me just read this verse 20 to 25 of chapter 12 and then we and then I make one or two remarks and close. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus the king's chamberlain they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, verse 21, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of man. What happened? Verse 22. Immediately. The angel, not the same angel, we are not told it's the same angel, but an angel struck Peter and woke him up. This time, the, the angel struck Herod and it was death sentence on him. He must be stopped in his trail of attack upon the Christian church in Jerusalem. So immediately an angel of the Lord struck down Peter. Uh, no, not Peter. Struck down what? Herod. Because he did not give God the glory. And what happened to him? He was eaten by the worms. To the eternal glory and destiny and the supreme uh, purpose of God. We see verse 24. What happened? But the word of God increased and multiplied and spread. That is what was at stake. The divine plan, redeeming plan of God folded more and more to its logical end as God has purpose. Redeeming has been my seed and shall be Prayer the word in conclusion. Prayer the way the early church saw it. The grand purpose of prayer is not merely to avoid suffering or difficulties. The grand purpose of prayer is to harmonize with the will of God on the matter we are praying on. The hymn writer captures it very well. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. 
that I may love that which you love and do what you will do. Breathe for me, breath of God. So that all that I will and associate with and pursue will glorify you. That is prayer. Jesus demonstrated this in Gethsemane. I know the suffering waiting for me. Master, can we go into a discussion? Can we have, um, let, let, let's, let's review the plan. I said, no. Sin is so ugly, it must be fully paid for. No alternative. He went again the second time and prayed the same prayer. Bible says he went a third time and this time round, his prayer sweat was like blood. But he showed us the supremacy of prayer. The sublimity of prayer. Prayer is most sublime. When we yield to the will of God. And when he said, not my will, but your will be done. The victory was won on Gethsemane. Before he went to Calvary. In prayer, he won the victory. Shall we rise up in prayer? Lord, touch somebody this morning and plant their feet on higher ground. Let divine revelation, spiritual reality, cause somebody's eye to be opened and see God for who he really is. The supreme and the sufficient one. That he will no longer hesitate. She will no longer hesitate. To yield his life completely and totally to Jesus. And to live for him. The church is marching on. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you as a believer, you must march on. And your victory is wrapped up in the victory Jesus won on Calvary's cross. Yes. Difficulties may come and God intervenes in our individual difficulties as well. May he visit somebody today in his personal difficulty, in his family difficulty, in his personal crisis, in his family crisis. May God be God in your life. May God show up. This week may God show up. May God show up. May God show up. May you experience the ministry of angels. This week. The rest of this year. May you, see, may you definitely and significantly experience the ministry of God's holy angels. Let there be a distinction between the believer and the non-believer. Let the blood that covers you attract upon you the favor of God. The mercy of God. The grace of God. I leave you in the hands of the living God. That's the only place, perfect place you can be. Amen. Amen. Amen.